0: Hello, happy Easter weekend, lovely people. Welcome to What Befell Adele, the podcast. I'm Adele, and I'm talking to you from my studio in Annie Janish County. On today's episode, I want to talk about the Easter dinner that I prepared. I made Hassan Pfeffer. Hassan is German for hair, and Pfeffer means pepper or spiced, I think. <laughs> so I cooked a German spiced rabbit stew, or the Easter Bunny. <laughs> As a disclaimer here, I'm going to be interchanging uh, hair for rabbit throughout this episode. So when I say rabbit, I'm actually referring to the wild variety of Leporidae that we have here known as the snowshoe hare. Normally, I am normally hesitant with cooking wild game. I leave that up to Adam's expertise, his passion for hunting, gathering, butchering, and preparing wild foods, as well as his experience with these things as he grew up, make him more comfortable in the kitchen with stuff like deer, rabbit, duck, or bear. Myself, I am better at vegetarian dishes and the types of meat that are easily roasted, stir fried, or put in a slow cooker and forgotten about. Though I have been getting a little more skilled in the cooking department in general, I owe this entirely to my discovery and addiction to food-related channels on YouTube. My current favorites are Vice's Munchies and PBS Foods' Original Fair. So a little shout-out to those two wonderful sources of food entertainment. Um, also, Netflix's series The Chef's Table, specifically the episode on Francis Malman. The other episodes in the series are good, but Malman's Fantastical Life Cooking with fire out in the open is absolutely captivating. I recommend you follow him on Instagram if you fancy seeing a badass Argentinian have a picnic in a rowboat with the Patagonian Mountains behind him, or cooking all manner of things in a massive fire pit with the largest bottle of wine you've ever seen. (laughs) I pretty much want to be him. I have actually watched the episode several times and hope to watch it several more. So thanks to an increased media interest in the culinary, I've been honing my skills a little and opening up to the types of things possible uh, with complicated wild flavors. So Adam has been tackling a pretty massive bathroom renovation, turning our two small side-by-side duplex bathrooms into a lovely, large single bathroom, thereby initiating operation, not living in a duplex anymore. He offered to cook the rabbit for Easter, but I wanted to tackle this one with confidence and let him plug away at the Renault, so we could hopefully shower by Tuesday morning. So my Hasenfeffer was also a way of carrying on the tradition of replacing the standard holiday meal meats with wild alternatives. This tradition beginning two years ago at Christmas with a Deer Loin Wellington and the wildly successful Bear Shanksgiving this fall <laughs> and a bear loin Wellington for this year's Christmas Eve. I really love the idea of changing traditions or making our own when it comes to foods that we eat. For us, incorporating wild game into our everyday, or at least for me, um. It really started with Adam's strong connection to hunting and his extreme love of deer meat. And over time, it has really built for me a better understanding about the food that we eat, where it comes from, and the ranging issues um, of sustainability, animal welfare, factory farming conditions, and the quality of meat protein that we consume. Some would say that hunting is also more economical. I would argue that buying packaged meat from the grocery store is far cheaper Uh, than the time and money that goes into hunting however wild game is as (laughs) free-range organic as you can get and would probably come out in the end cheaper than the alternative that is comparable in quality Um, so this connection to food has also led us to raising our own meat birds in the spring and keeping laying hens for fresh eggs uh, throughout the year as well so I would also blame this hobby on the Barbara Kingsolver book, Animal Vegetable Miracle, which was hugely inspiring to me. She really had me at her description of her youngest daughter's relationship with her laying hens. Um, it's a book that I recommend to anyone interested in learning about eating more locally. Um, it isn't preachy or overwhelming, but simply an inspiring narrative about the year and the life of a family as they try to eat as locally as they can. We have also been hands-on when it comes to processing our yard raised chickens and this act of raising and then taking the life of the animal and really being close to the experience of what eating meat really means is huge. For me, it brought to light the great sacrifice uh, involved in our nourishment and our evolution as humans. And then you think about The how factory farming essentially takes out that experience for the everyday person uh, so that you can pick up a cut of meat all packaged and clean, um, really be disconnected from the messy side that is required or would have been required in the consumption of meat. But I think that this disconnection from our food has really come at a way higher price and has paved the way for some pretty atrocious animal welfare conditions. Though I'm not a vegetarian, I do completely respect those who choose not to eat meat because of animal welfare concerns, but I also think that food is incredibly complicated and even our consumption of vegetables isn't without similar issues, whether environmental or human welfare conditions. And if you have ever seen a baby fawn shoot up after a harvester has gone through a field, you know that ultimately cute things die so that people can eat. The issue of food is, and our relationship to all flora and fauna is what really interests me as an artist as well. I think That we make decisions about how we want to consume and what we want to consume and why we try to make informed decisions. But you know, I still occasionally indulge in store bought bacon. I have to acknowledge my part in the grand, messed up, and problematic existence of being human. But it is this contradiction or duality and feeling that I find so fascinating that you can love a thing and then take its life to. Make yours more comfortable. It's really complicated, and it is something that is actually very difficult to avoid, even if we are removed from it, even if we can't see it. These things are what I really want to explore in my next series of works, and I'm not really sure what direction it will head. For the past couple of weeks, uh, and I talked about this last week um, I've been painting little images of rabbits they are cute and really simple and uh, a nice representation of spring and for me to then cook and eat a rabbit seemed like an obvious extension of that I guess I know that sounds weird but after I preserve the bear hide in the fall I was working on a mural project for the town and I painted a black bear which is the symbol of the town of Aniganish. But I think creating this giant standing portrait of a black bear was also my way of working through or paying homage to this big amazing animal that was going to feed me all winter long. So I guess I'm just really interested in how my art has been kind of evolving into a kind of conduit to express the relationship or experiences that are really complicated and difficult for me um, that I have... That i find i have no other way of expressing i think that i can try to articulate it in an artist statement or in a podcast but i think that the art is so much better because it doesn't have to say one thing or the other it can exist as many different things it can protest and it can honor simultaneously it can express the conflict and contradiction of feeling and experience well at least (laughs) that would be my hope so on a lighter side, my Hassan began with checking out the meat eater website for a good braised rabbit recipe. And from there, I did a little Hassan Pfeffer research. I like to look at a couple different recipes, but the Stephen Rinella recipe was perfect. Um... I'll link the recipe in the description i loved the incorporation of clove and apple cider vinegar i think if you were working with domestic rabbit you could easily use white wine but with the wild hair the apple cider vinegar was absolutely key now i did not brine the meat for a couple days which is what the recipe called for i didn't have that much time but i did brine it for about two hours in uh, the brine, which was um, an apple cider vinegar, clove, allspice, bay leaves, and onion. From there, I removed the rabbit, floured it, and then braised it in a Dutch oven. I then removed that and sauteed some chopped carrot and mushrooms, which is a little bit of a deviation from the recipe but I wanted to get some vegetable in there and then I added the braised rabbit back in and covered it with some with the brine just enough so that it was covered and then I put the cover on and put it in the oven at 250 for around two hours after which I removed the meat and veg and then reduced the liquid on a stovetop while I boiled potatoes I then served the meat and veg over the mashed potatoes with the sauce drizzled over top. It was certainly the best rabbit I've ever cooked. My days of attempting to stir fry rabbit are over. I'm learning that wild game needs a lot more time. It can be a really incredibly rewarding experience to prepare and eat if you put the care required into it, but if you have ever tasted particularly gamey wild meat, you know that it can also be a really unpleasant experience. So one of the things that I'm discovering is how to deal with those strong flavors in the meat and how to make them work. With this rabbit dish, the acidity of the cider vinegar worked extremely well with the earthiness of the rabbit and braising and then slowly cooking allowed this extremely lean and very tough meat to soften and kind of melt in your mouth so my advice if you are starting to learn how to cook with wild game is to look up recipes specifically for wild game but also explore traditional ways of cooking learning about braising and using a dutch oven was pretty formative for me in learning how to cook wild game i can't tell you how many times i have tried to cook your roast in a slow cooker because of a wild game recipe I found on a website and it never worked. It always accentuated the flavors I didn't want. I think you can use a slow cooker for things like pork or chicken because they are mild, but keep wild game out of a slow cooker. It never works like you want it to. Ultimately, this kind of cooking does take a certain amount of trial and error. And over time, at least in my experience, you start to connect the dots between what we eat, the care involved, the time it takes, and how good it tastes. Well, thanks for tuning in. I meant this episode to kind of be a favorite things episode for Easter, but it became something a little different. I did, however, slide in some of my current favorites about food in there, so I'll share some links in the description for you if you are interested. Okay, we'll catch you next week.